Retro Hangover, supported via Patreon by listeners like you. We would especially like to thank patrons Lyle McCarns, Ashton Ruby, Randall Quiggle, Tony G, Studstill Smash, the Milkman, Katie Quigg, Paul Romalo, Raging Demon, JC, Megan Caruso, Masked Keaton, Andrew Lagori, Ozzy Garcia, The Retro Vixen, Adam from The Good, The Bad, The Backlog, Thunderdome Gaming Society, Lucas Lobo, Jenny E, Rick Firestone, Keith Gasper, Dave Jackson, Eric Guess, Kayla Jackson, Nomad from the Retro Wildlands Podcast, and Ash Event. Your continued engagement and generous donations are deeply appreciated. Welcome to The Flight, a consumable curation of champions and catastrophes that is considerate of your chronometer. Welcome to another edition of The Flight. It's me, Chris Copleen, bringing you another edition of our listed podcast top list things. Maybe I'll learn. Yeah, I always say I don't know how to talk. I'm just I'm accepting it. I don't know how to do that. You know who does know how to talk a lot better than I do? And that is your host with the most, the Dick Dragon himself. He has a Dick Dragon that just gets lost until you find a certain part of it, and then it opens up to everybody. It's Shane. Shane Kosky, how are you doing, my Dick Dragon friend? There is there is a lot to unpack in that statement. I don't I don't think we have time to go through all of that, but I'm doing just fine. Doing doing pretty good. Thank you for asking. How are you? Well, I am doing okay, Shane. I am looking forward to getting frustrated a little bit because you know what the, the topic for our et- uh, of our episode was very difficult for me mm. because I you put this caveat on there. Our patrons nominated this of, as they are want to do as they always do. And I thought I liked Metroidvanias a lot more than I, I thought I did. And then I started <laughs> playing Metroid Fusion on our Twitch stream and realized I probably don't like the Metroid part of Metroidvania, but I think I've been pretty clear on that. Sure. Uh, so uh, you made the caveat here that we could not include Metroids or Vanias. That's right. To make this a little bit more interesting or else everything would just be a, a portable Castlevania, wouldn't it? I mean, that would be my list. Yeah, it, it would be like... <laughs> maybe one metroid game and then a whole bunch of like gba castlevanias or something i think that'd be it yeah probably and i'd probably pick a metroid game i don't like like i like i usually do uh so here's something i do want to admit i screwed up everybody on this on something that we are trying to do for the flight see what we are trying to do is if someone nominated a topic we would thank them for nominating this topic that you all voted on and I was making a list, but I didn't make it part of the sorting process. So whoever nominated Best Metroidvanias, thank you. I think it might have been Ozzy, but it, it could have been Tony G or Keaton, because this was a while ago. It may have even been Keith. I don't know. Uh, but uh, sorry. <laughs> so hopefully we'll, well get it sorted point is, and in you order. You know who you are. Yeah. So and we appreciate you. you. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. We'll we'll try to get that fixed up. I mean, we we can go back through. I think the majority of the suggestions are in our top fives channel in Discord anyway. 
So, uh, you know, I mean, and so, you know, quick, quick plug there. If if you want to also participate in these suggestions, you too can become a patron. Uh, So, but at any rate, uh, we should be able to just search back through that channel and see, you know, what everybody, uh, what everybody suggested. So we'll probably maybe start doing that at some point. So, but for the time being, you you know who you are and thank you to, to you and, and also just everybody else. We, we have a pretty sizable list of topics to go through and that is all thanks to our wonderful patrons. So you're all the best, but I, I suppose that we should be getting on with this. I think we've alluded to this enough about what our topic is. Mm. So we are going to start with you, Shane, on our top fives of best Metroidvanias that are not Metroid or Vania. Number five. Okay. Well, my number five. Uh, you know, I, I actually had to go and do some real, real digging in the, in the old memory banks to remember which of these I've actually played. And the thing is, is I, I think these lists might be surprising to some people because there's going to be some omissions, like very obvious omissions. And that is simply because I have not had a chance to play some of those games. So just, just keep that in mind. These are specifically games that, and I think Chris did the same thing here that, that we have actually played, not just like what we heard was good or whatever. And so, uh, starting off my list is dust an Elysian tale. Yes. I, so I had some, I, I have some mixed things about this game, or at least I did. I actually stayed away from this game for quite a while based solely on the artwork. I'm just going to be honest. Is it uh, the furries? No, no, it doesn't even have to do with that. It, it was just, uh, all, all of the artwork that I saw in like the promotional stills and, and the, the video clips of it and whatnot back in the day. And honestly, I still feel this way now. No, no shade on the developers or, or whatever, you know, you do you, but I could never shake the feeling that the art style just looked like this game was like an early 2000s flash game, like on congregate or something like it, Mm. the quality just wasn't quite there. Like there, so a lot of, it's all very hand drawn, which is awesome but I just felt like the quality wasn't quite up to where I guess I was expecting. And so it gave off this very like B tier kind of vibe. And I was just like, eh, I don't know. This is probably not good. And so I ended up staying away from it a lot longer than I probably should have, because as it turns out, it's a really great Metroidvania game. Um, so I did end up picking it up on a sale at some point on steam and, uh, played through the pretty sizable, selection of content that it has for you. And, you know, at a, at a high level, if you're not familiar, this kind of takes place in a world that is populated pretty much solely by anthropomorphic creatures of various types. And you, the titular dust, um, happen to find a talking sword, uh, known as the blade of Ara and, uh, it's guardian, which is a floating little like pseudo kind of cat creature, which I think is called a a, a nimbit or something like that. If I remember, I don't know. I can't remember. Yeah. I played it too. So yeah, I don't I remember, can't remember the finer details. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But anyway, uh, their name's fidget and that one's kind of a take it or leave it. 
she's kind she's kind of <laughs> like Navi from uh, Zelda, but like sometimes more annoying if you can believe that. But at so any the rate, Skyward Sword one. Yeah, uh, yeah, actually, <laughs> yeah. Um, what was that one's name? I can't remember. I don't know. Anyway, um, I'm sure somebody will tell us. They're, they're yelling at us right now. Yeah, they are. Uh, that's that's fine. Um, but at any rate. Uh, overall, the gameplay actually feels really good. Uh, it has this really great combo system, um, and you can like juggle enemies. You can like spin your sword, and the 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 controls are really tight. The traversal is very nice. It's got all the hallmarks of a good Metroidvania, with like item collecting. Um, it even has some crafting built in there as well. Um, you know, and new unlockable areas, et cetera, et cetera. And so overall, a really great package um, that, in my opinion, maybe doesn't give the first like best impression just because of some of the artistic decisions. But if you can, if you're into that, or if you can overlook that, you're going to end up with a, a really great little Metroidvania. So that is why it's kicking off my list. All right, my number five is Mega Man ZX mm. for the Nintendo DS. I know a lot of people have played it more modernly, and I don't think they have a, as much of a fondness for it as I did when I first played it. But I, I this is one of those games, I think, when I... F this is a long time. This is, like, right after I kind of got my DS, and I was still flying in airplanes for a living. And I would take this game, and I would play it on the airplane and instead of doing my job, and... I, I remember just having a great time with it. I remember being enamored with it. I don't think I ever beat it, but it's one of those games I, I didn't use a guide and I really dug in deep to it. I don't, it's not particularly hard, like a typical Mega Man game, but at the end of the day, this is a... It's essentially a, a Mega Man X game that's a Metroidvania. Hmm. And I don't think there's much wrong with that. I think that that's kind of what people like people that like retro games like we do would love to see. I've heard so many people too say, oh man, I wish that they made a Metroid, Met, a uh, Mega Man Metroidvania. And it's like, it, it exists. It's right here. You can play it. And I just think a lot of people missed the boat on it. Now I know that they released the Mega Man Zero and ZX collection for more modern consoles. I haven't played that. I have seen people talk about it con uh, contemporaneously. And they say that they don't really like the ZX series that they kind of missed out on it so i think it might be a game where you kind of had to be there and just be in the right mentality i'm not sure again it's been it's been well over a decade since mm -hmm. i've played it i just remember really liking it but i think it takes place in the Mega Man zero series which is why it's part of the zx collection the zero zx collection it takes place well after the zero series so you're in the future and like i think reploids are all over the planet and of course there's a evil faction trying to take over. I don't think it's Sigma. If it is Sigma, I'm sorry. But they, yeah, it's it's set in that era, and you're essentially controlling the like spirit or ghost of Zero and X or something weird. They augment into your armor. It's a novel concept, and I think if you give this a shot, first of all, play it on the DS because that's how it's meant to be played. But again, there's more modern options. I don't know how much it takes or adds. But I think it's a if you're looking for a Mega Man Metroidvania. You know, with that's more brighter and less frustrating than just shooting holes in walls all the time. I'm not saying going to say what series that is. Then I think you should give you know Mega Man ZX a chance. I I think you're going to have a really enjoyable time playing that. And that's my number five. Nice. Number four.
My number four is SteamWorld Dig. Hmm. So I know there's probably at least like, I don't know, two of you out there or something being like, but Shane, SteamWorld Dig 2 is more of a Metroidvania. SteamWorld Dig is more of a traditional platformer. And I would tell you, you know what? You're right. However, I have not had a chance to play SteamWorld (laughs) Dig 2 yet. And I did play through the entirety of the first one. And I liked it very much. And even though it is a little bit more of a traditional platformy kind of game, I would actually liken it somewhat to like Terraria actually, but um, it, it, it still has some of the elements of a Metroidvania and I'm going to include it because this is our show and I can do what I want. So there you go. But at any rate, uh, steam world dig is set in the sort of now steam world universe. They've kind of built uh, because there are several different games in, in that, uh, in that series that kind of span different game types as well. Um, but it is a, a 2d platform Metroidvania esque kind of game that typically revolves around like digging down and mining for resources and metals and ores. And you play as uh, rusty, a, a mining steam bot um, who has uh, come into the deed to his uncle's mine. And so he comes down to the rundown town of Tumbleton to uh, to check out this, this new mine that he owns. And in the process of meeting all of the townsfolk and learning more about what's underneath the town and, you know, going down there and digging for himself, you end up uh, unearthing a bunch of surprising secrets and whatnot. So, um, it's a, it's a really great game. Um, I'm actually looking forward to playing SteamWorld Dig 2 once I have the time, um, because everything I've heard is that it is basically bigger and, and even better, but this is the one that kind of, kind of started it. So, um, so yeah, it's a, it's a good time. And it's also pretty much on every platform and on sale very regularly. So you, you, what I'm saying is you, you basically don't have any excuse to to not play it. So go do that. My number four is Record of Lotus War, Deedlet and Wonder Labyrinth. Mm. And if you want a straight up copy paste of Castlevania Symphony of the Night and throw in a sprinkle of Ikaruga, this is that game. They This is pretty much plagiarism. <laughs> I gotta be <laughs> honest with you. Uh, if you, I, There's so many times in this game uh, where I would look at the screen, I would look at Deedlet's sprite, who is a, a female elf with long white hair that wears a cape. What? And thought, this this is fucking Alucard. There's... <laughs> does she use a sword? Yes, she does. Oh, huh. Yeah. Um, so everything, the, the entire game design, you could tell that the people who made this game, uh, I can't remember their developers, but the same people who made uh, Toho, Lunar Nights, and Drainus, if you've heard of either of those two games. Mm-hmm. But... Uh, they they loved Symphony of the Night so much, but they also loved Record of Lotus War, which I think is an anime that doesn't get talked nearly enough about today, which is a fantastic little series. Just don't watch it with the English uh, dub because it's it's pretty horrendous. It was made in the mid-90s. Or do watch it because the voice acting is is terrible. And you might like that. It's a little too terrible for me. But essentially in this game, what you're doing, this takes place after the events of Record of Lotus War, uh, whichever flavor you choose to watch. And Deedlet is trapped in some sort of dream world and she has to rescue her love, Parn, and bring him out of the dream world. And, you know, you fight a bunch of characters that are from the anime. 
So there's a lot of cameo appearances, a lot of fan service and not the naughty type. So anyone that's a fan of Record of Lotus War is going to have a great time with this. Of course, they're going to have a better time with this if they're also a fan of Symphony of the Night. But if you're a fan of Symphony of the Night, you're going to dig this, though you might not understand all the lore because the game does expect you to know what you're getting into here. If you want a more detailed review of the game, we do have it on our Patreon feed. It, it is an RH guide, and that's for all patrons. Uh, me and Kelly Branford, formerly of the Region Free Gamers, do a review of that. So if you want my full thoughts, just head on over there, and you'll get that review. But in the meantime, that is my number four for my Metroidvanias that are not Metroid or Vania. Number three. All right. Well, coming in at the the, the middle of, of my list, probably, I think some people would probably put this one even higher, but I think my my final two, I just have a, a more personal affection for, but it's Cave Story. Oh. Uh, Cave Story, if, if you're not familiar, which I'd actually be surprised if most of the people listening to this are not. That's a furry too, doesn't it? Say what? It has a furry too, doesn't it? Uh, less of a and more of just it is. There's an entire race of of bunny creatures that. So, okay. So yes, that's all I meant to say. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah, I mean, if you're if you're not familiar, this is basically one of the most influential indie games ever. It, it's one dude. Yeah one one developer. Um, goes by the name Pixel. Uh, so I'm sure most of you are familiar with the story of Cave Story, but, uh, suffice to say you play as a little, a little robo boy, uh, I believe his name is quote, and you, uh, are suffering from some form of amnesia and you have to explore this cavernous underground world to, uh, kind of, first of all, figure out what the hell is even going on. And you, you meet up with this, this race of, of rabbit folk who live down there. I think they're called the Mamiga, if I remember right. And, uh, you soon find out that there is a plot by someone who goes by the name of the doctor, um, to force all of these inhabitants of the cave to, uh, fight for him to conquer the world. And so you end up having to stop him. And it is a classic for a couple of reasons. I mean, one, it was a solo project and the level of quality this game has is just mind blowing for one person. And it just has a lot of very deliberate and careful level design. The controls are fantastic. It's, you could have said that this was like developed by a whole game studio and nobody would have thought twice about it. It's just the quality is like second to none as far as especially early indie titles because this game's been out since i think like 2004 ish if memory serves me right so it's an older one yeah yeah and there's been different versions there's cave story plus which is the one that i played um that adds some additional things to it you can get that on steam um, but it's pretty much available everywhere but if you even have a passing interest in metroidvanias at all and you somehow have not played cave story then you definitely need to do it because it is uh it is a quality title that you can pick up for usually pretty cheap as well i i have it but i have not played it it is on my list of maybe i'll get to it one of these years <laughs> hopefully ah <laughs> uh, that, that that list just keeps getting longer <sighs> always all right my number three is dust in elysian tale oh wow that's uh, a good choice 
I know. I, 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 I was inspired by someone else's choices. Uh, <laughs> that's why I made it my number three. Not really. I don't know even how I got this game. I think I picked it up because there's a YouTube channel called Some Call Me Johnny. And I think he played it. So I think I picked it up right after he played it or a few months afterwards. Also on Steam. I remember playing it with an Xbox 360 controller and hating life because of it. Hmm. Uh, that's the only downfall. It's a 2D game. And that controller is not built for that in the slightest. And uh, I do not recommend you play it with an Xbox 360 controller. Uh, you can, but... Uh, I did it that way. Well, there's better it's, options It now. seemed fine, but yeah. <laughs> there's much better options now. But everything Shane said, uh, just just ditto. It's a, it's a great, fun game. And I think you should go check it out. It's high quality, and you, should, you probably could be able to pick it up relatively cheap nowadays. At least I would imagine you could. So yeah, go look at it. Dust and Legion Tale. Number two. All right. Well, we're just moving right along then to our number two. So I, I, I had some, some internal debates, some proverbial hand wringing and trying to determine which one of these I wanted to put on this list because realistically I could have taken at least half of my top five with just this series alone, I think. But ultimately I settled on Shantae and the seven sirens. Okay. Um, I was going to choose, uh, the pirate's curse, which would probably be a very, very close second to this. But the reason that I chose seven sirens was just because it is, I believe the newest one in the series. Yes, it is. And, um, I just really, really enjoyed the story. I mean, I, I still believe that Shantae is as a, as a series is vastly like underrepresented. I, I really don't think that it gets the love that it deserves on like a wider scale. Like Shantae has a very dedicated sort of like cult following, no doubt, but I always feel for some reason that the Shantae series has just kind of been in the background all the time. And it's sort of unfortunate because it's really great. Like I love the writing. It's always very witty and, and humorous. The characters are relatable and likable. Um, the art style is fantastic and the gameplay is always super solid and it's just, it's a good time like all around. Um, and seven sirens, takes all of that and, you know, with the latest in fancy technology and uh, makes it look and play even better. And so that's why it ended up coming onto my list rather than Pirate's Curse, although I would recommend also going and playing that one because it's another really awesome Metroidvania style game. Um, but in Seven Sirens, Shantae visits a tropical paradise where she was trying to go on a vacation and she ends up befriending a bunch of new half-genie uh, allies. And then things suddenly just go completely sideways. And uh, she ends up discovering that there is something a bit more sinister uh, stirring beneath the surface of the island. So, so yeah, just a really great time. Um, so I, I can't recommend the Shantae series enough. And that includes just everything. Like, even just go back and play, like, the original Game Boy game. Like, that's a, just a really great platformer. So go play Shantae. They're good. You know, we've always, I won't say always, but for a while there, we talked about doing a Shantae episode. We really need to get to that at some point. Yeah, we do. It's long overdue. I'm surprised Keaton hasn't called us out on it. Well, see, now you can't call us out on it because we <laughs> called ourselves out. Yeah, so, say, <laughs> he, he hasn't, he will now. Yeah. Well, see, we're doing it ourselves. So there it is. We know. Okay. My number two, 
Uh, full disclosure, I was a backer for this game, and this game did get its notoriety and popularity through Kickstarter initially. And that game is Bloodstained Ritual of the Night. Mm, it's yes. my number two. I, I know a lot of people have some issues with it because they say it's not quite as good as you know the Castlevania games. I think it's right on par, but I can understand why because it is. It was a horrible buggy mess on the Switch, uh, which is where I had it, and I completely understand it. Why would you? Why you would be upset with that? But and, and there's some there's some areas that that you need abilities to get through that the game doesn't really telegraph that you pick them up from enemies instead of picking them up as items and you just have to play with the abilities to figure out what to do. And it is kind of jank in that aspect. But for the most part, this is a really solid Metroidvania. And why wouldn't it be? It's made by Koji Igarashi. This is essentially a Castlevania Metroidvania game for all intents and purposes. It was designed to be that way from the ground up. And I think it succeeds on all levels. I had a great time with it. It, I, from what I understand, it's it it's either a lot like um, Aria of Sorrow or uh, the one that I didn't play, which was Order of Ecclesia. Essentially, the plot is copy-paste from Order of Ecclesia, from what I understand, which is you play as Miriam, who is essentially like a like an experiment of sorts, like a witch or an alchemist or something like that, who, who can put crystal shards in her body and gain abilities from them. And you're looking for uh, another member who... It was the same as you that's causing trouble or something like that. And what do you see the really real bad guy or someone controlling him? The answer may surprise you mm. or will it? You got to play it to find out. It's a it's just it's just Castlevania. It's, it's one of the portable portable Castlevanias. This is uh, Iga's calling card. And I think it's it's very successful. And what it does. And there's a lot of different modes that you can play the game on. I haven't gone back to play those various modes because I got to keep moving on with our show and keep playing games that we need to play. In addition to my my stupid little conquest missions, I give myself like Final Fantasies or whatever, which I'm still working on because I'm dumb. But <laughs> it's 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 it has so much to offer. If you look at how much they've given to the players since the game came out, uh, trying to do their best to fulfill all their backer promises, except for putting it on the Wii U, you cowards. I understand, though. But uh, it probably wouldn't run well at all if it can't even run on the Switch properly. But yeah, uh, if you haven't checked this out and you are a Metroidvania fan, particularly the Castlevania ones, I have to ask why. This is a game you have to play. It will bring back that feeling that you first had Whenever you played your first Castlevania, your first Egovania, to put it, to put it that way, uh, it's it's a high recommend for me. Obviously, it's number two on my list. It's not just here because it's not a Metroid or a Vania. It'd probably be in my top five overall if they were just even talking about Metroidvanias. Period. So go check out Bloodstained Ritual of the Night. It's honestly just the closest Chris could get to putting an actual Castlevania game on this list without actually doing that. So I mean, that's fair. Number one. Well, I suppose that brings us to our numero unos. Uh, and so mine, appropriately, I guess. I totally did not plan that, but this works out really well. Guacamelee. That's a Metroidvania? Hell yeah, it is. Oh. Damn, this game is so fucking good. All right, so one of the things that I love about Guacamelee, and presumably the sequel, I have not had a chance to sit down with it, but it applies there regardless, 
apart from the fact that it is just a fantastic Metroidvania and the combat and the traversal just feel so good is that it represents what I feel is one of these sort of like underrepresented mythologies in gaming. And that is, uh, Mexican folklore. And so the, the traditional Mexican culture and folklore is like integral to this game. And it just makes for basically the entire game looks like a, a, a day of the dead celebration. And it's, um, it's fantastic. Like the art is so good. It's super colorful. Everything pops. So you play as Juan, an agave farmer who uh, stumbles upon a legendary luchador mask, which actually he finds, I believe, in the underworld because I think he ends up getting killed. And it brings him back to life to basically stop the the villain who is an evil skeleton named Carlos Calaja. And uh, I believe, if I recall the uh, the plot correctly, I think he he also kidnapped el presidente's daughter and so you need to save her and she of course is like your your love interest and whatnot um and so that's your motivation it's it's very like in a way it's sort of like like mexican spawn or something now that i think about it but uh but yeah man it's just it's such a good game it's so well done and i think even even if it didn't have the the art style and that like cultural influence, it would still be a really solid Metroidvania game, but that just takes it like over the top. And, and also it has some really great writing and like sight gags. And like, there's whole sections where you have to, you get turned into a rooster and you have to, that's like a traversal mechanic is turning into a rooster to get into places you couldn't get to before. And, um, apparently the second one cranks that up to where you can also then go into combat as the rooster because of course, uh, but yeah, hey, here comes the rooster, <laughs> but yeah, I, yeah. I can't recommend this enough. Um, it's just, it's a fantastic game. So that's, that's why it takes my, my number one spot. All right. Before I get to my number one, I'm still amazed. Guacamelee is a, is a Metroidvania. Yeah. I think I have it. I think I also have that for the Wii U. It, it so. super is. No, I have to play it because I think it's a Wii U game. So that means I have to play it. It's uh, that is also true. Yes. Yes. So for my number one, I'm also going speaking of the Wii U. I thought this game is not on the Wii U, but uh, it is on a system that is in my heart like the Wii U. It's in it's in a bigger heart for our listeners in Brazil mm. and in Europe. You probably have fond memories of this game. I know that uh, you Europeans and Australians, Australians listeners love the system too it's the Sega master system you all know that this game is amazing and that game is wonder boy the dragon's trap Mm. what an amazing game it is charming it is fun it's simple and you all know i like simple games uh because much like the secret levels crew toby and goobs i am a simple man so i like my games simple i like them basic and it's smart I know I said it's simple and I just said it's smart too. No, go figure. Uh, it's smart. It's it's challenging. It's it has a nice length for an 8-bit game but doesn't overstay its welcome. Uh, just multiple characters and that's how 
that's how you progress through the game. Because in almost all these games, I think we've talked about the the way you progress is unlocking various abilities or gaining different items. And Wonder Boy: The Dragon's Trap, it's more about gaining different forms that you can transform into. Which uh, you you have your dragon, which is the standard plot of the game, is that you get transformed into a dragon by the big bad, and you have to find your way back and des- destroy the big bad for doing so. But you have uh, your dragon. You have like a mouse. You have a falcon. I think uh, there's one more I can't remember. And you have your human form, of course. And they're, they're, they have different uses that you can apply to get past things as you would expect to in a Metroidvania, of course. And they just have different strengths and weaknesses when it comes to attacking and, and how to deal with bosses. And it's just everything about this game. The simple fact that this came out on an 8-bit system and they executed it in the way that they did and people can say, well, Metroid was on an 8-bit system. Yes, but Metroid sucks. This game is actually good. And I think if you go and you play it, and they they had made a remake for this, which I also think is an episode that we did in our Patreon, and I did it with our illustrious editor, Ashton. The HD version that's on modern consoles, like PS4, Xbox One, I think on the Switch as well. Uh, this is a game that you should check out, even the, even the remake. The remake's obviously probably a little bit easier, uh, but still the 8-bit version has a graphical style and flair to it that really really for that era can't be mashed. It's so just absolutely charming and so damn fun. So please play Wonder Boy, The Dragon's Trap. Give your Sega Master System some love, except if you're in America because you probably can't find one. But everywhere else, I'm sure that your local flea market has it because, you know, especially in Brazil, you can still go to the store and buy one, I'm, I'm sure, like a brand new. I mean, they're all digital. You have to, it's a plug and play. But regardless of that, go play Wonder Boy, The Dragon's Trap. High quality Metroidvania experience. Nice. Yeah, that that is another one that is uh, that is on my list. I have it, just have not gotten around to playing it yet. All right, well, there we have it. So that is our uh, personal top fives for Metroidvanias that are not a Metroid or a Vania. So there you go. Hopefully, uh, between the two of us, you you came across something that you had not heard about before. So you should go go check them out because these are all really quality titles and if you like that style of game then you're you're gonna you're gonna have a good time so uh as far as we're concerned here um if you are listening to this then that means you've done the hard part and you have found us in the the sea of content that is the internet so congratulations and uh we we hope you are enjoying your stay enough that you'll uh, maybe stick around for a while because we'd love to have you. And uh, you know what? If you like the show enough, as we alluded to earlier, you can head over to Linktree slash Retro Hangover and uh, check out everything that we've got to offer besides just the show, because we've got a bunch of other stuff. We've got our public Discord. We have our Patreon, which uh, for as little as $1 a month, you can get in on a whole bunch of bonus content. Uh, and at the time of this recording, we are still making our way through the initial run of the King of Games 1992. So Woo! you don't want to miss out on that. Get in early so you can brag to all your friends because they're going to hear it later. And uh, you're, you're already going to know what happened. Just don't just don't be that person and spoil it. You know, nobody, nobody likes that person. Um, but you can be, you know, confident in the knowledge that that, you know, something they don't. And you can do that for just a dollar. I mean, that's like a deal, you know? And also, uh, we just put out a brand new uh, merch design inspired by the uh, the hut that serves pizza that perhaps Chris and I talk about maybe more than we should. 
on the show, um, <laughs> especially for not being sponsored at all. But uh, but yeah, you should you should go check that out because the the design, if I do say so myself, is is pretty it's pretty lit. It's it slaps as the kids say, and but uh, both Chris and I have already bought shirts. I think we bought the same one, so now we just need to make sure we don't wear them at the same time. I'm wearing it right now. Okay, well there we go. Um, good. Well, don't, don't, don't wear it later then I'll, I'll wear it next time I see you. There you go. We got to plan okay. these things now, we but, gotta coordinate. Uh, yeah, exactly. You don't want to be that person says somebody has got to change, but, uh, you know, you should go get one though. Cause they're pretty awesome. So, uh, you can, you can go over there to our link tree, check all that stuff out. Uh, we're also on Twitch every Sunday. Um, and so Chris, you want to, you want to tell them just a bit about that? Yeah, twitch.tv slash retro hangover. Come over there. We play games. We do. If you miss us, you can go to our YouTube channel and find whatever we stream there. Uh, recently, and by the time you hear this, I'm probably not playing it anymore. Uh, Shane's probably playing Diablo or you've moved on to something new. Uh, if you just want a taste of what we do, I scream and, and yell a lot at Metroid. Uh, that's what I've been doing. Uh, so if you, you want to see what that's like, just go check it out on your YouTube channel. But to see it live with all our amazing community members, most of which are in the Discord, but they also have some who just show up mainly over to our Twitch channel, go to twitch.tv slash retrohangover, and we'll have a good time. Hope to see you there. All right. Well, there you have it. So with all of that being said, until next time. Play with your... Oh, I unlocked the Jimmy Hat joysticks. <laughs>